0: You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's word. Love hearing you sing even when you don't have to. That's good. Um this, I completely forgot about this. Thank you for the smiley face, by the way. It's very sweet. Um, a Heritage Sunday School Fellowship, that's Brother Mark's class. That is Saturday, October 14th at 4 p.m. in the Fellowship Hall. We will keep that in the bulletin and in front of you. Um, but Sunday schools are so very important. If you're not a part of one, please be a part of one. Uh, the higher ground class started uh, this morning, and somebody asked me again, did I did I miss it? The great thing about the higher ground class is you can come in at any point. It's just a rotating class. So if you come in on week two, you're just going to stay from week two all the way till week one. And then you'll be done. If you come in on week four, you stay through until week three, if that makes sense. Hopefully that makes sense. Um, I just want to really talk to you tonight. Um, don't know how much preaching I can do or, or will do, uh, but want to continue on this series of how to survive the wilderness of temptation. And I truly believe if we get this done, put that away, son, if we get this done, uh, and if, if we get this down in our hearts, rather. Um, I believe, I am under the impression that many of the rewards that we receive in heaven are simply based on how you handled temptation. Um, James says, Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. So let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. In other words, you cannot be the person that you need to be without facing temptation. And we know that we were so we will certainly not be the person that we are if we're constantly giving in to temptation. Remember, none of us can avoid temptation, but all of us can escape giving in to temptation. And really the first 2 weeks we're trying to bring out how you can stay on guard. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24? He said, if somebody knew that his house was gonna be broken into, he knew exactly when it was gonna be broken into, he'd stay up and he'd watch and he'd guard and not suffer the thief to come in and steal his things. So if we can know when Satan is coming, maybe we can have just a little bit more strength in order to withstand him in that day. So week number one, we heard, then is after a victory. Just because you have had a spiritual victory doesn't mean that the devil is gonna do the gentlemanly thing and allow you to celebrate for just a little bit. He is going to be summoned to your position when you start celebrating a spiritual victory. Have we not seen that in our own church? Since uh, I think last October, I would say, is when we have seen attack after attack after attack. And last October is when we had 310 people on the property and 15 souls saved in one service. I would say that the devil was present at our groundbreaking because then is not even then is not just after a victory. It is also at the start of your next spiritual journey. The devil gives no quarter to rookies. He gives no head starts. He shows no mercy. He he doesn't mind killing babies, does he? And I mean that in multiple different ways. See, If the devil could get Jesus to fall when he fed the 5,000, he would have been happy. But way before Jesus fed the 5,000, the devil tried to get him to fall at the very beginning. But way before the devil tried to get him to fall at his beginning, the devil tried to kill him when he was a child. So if we're just thinking that the devil is this funny little man running around in a red suit with a forked tongue and a pitchfork, and that he just toys with people, kind of like a big brother toys toys with a little brother. He knows he can crush you, but he's just, what, being meek? No, if he had the chance, he would devour you. And he walks about seeking whom he may devour. So he is always seeking for a time to take you down, but especially after a victory and especially at the start of your next spiritual journey. Another lesson that we are going to learn is then, remember we're getting this word from Matthew chapter four, verse one. It says, then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Right after he had been baptized and right before he's going to start his earthly ministry. Then is the word that the Bible uses. So we've based our series off of that word, then. Then is after a victory. Then is at the start of your next spiritual journey. We'll also learn this next week, Lord willing. Then is when you need scripture. Jesus quoted Deuteronomy three times. The devil tempted three times. The Lord said, it is written, three times. Then, number five, is not the last. He will be back again. Luke tells us that after Jesus resisted his temptation in that one instance, he said he departed from him for a season. The devil was going to come back. And then the last one, Lord willing, then is not the end. There is a purpose, yes, the purpose on the devil's end is to get you to fall, the purpose on the Lord's end is to get you to be stronger. And if you can make it through your wilderness of temptation and make it through without falling, you can come through stronger, which is important because what we're gonna learn tonight is then is when your weakness is targeted. I want us to read three different passages, parallel passages of this wilderness temptation for Jesus. And I want you to notice very clearly the Bible brings out, then is when your weakness is targeted. We'll start in Matthew chapter four. corpus water. <laughs> Chapter four of Matthew verse one says, then was Jesus led of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward in hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. The implication in this, I always used to read in Matthew that it was 40 days of fasting and then the devil came. But I want you to turn to Mark, Mark chapter 1. And notice how Mark phrases it and see if we come to a different conclusion. For context's sake, we'll start in verse 9 of Mark chapter 1. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan. And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens open and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, "'Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased.'" Spiritual victory, right? And immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness.'" And he was there in the wilderness 40 days tempted of Satan and was, of, and was with the wild beasts and the angels ministered unto him. Where Matthew seems to give the, uh, the implication that Jesus fasted for 40 days and then Satan came, Mark seems to shed a little light that Satan was there for the entire 40 days. Do you see that? He was there for 40 days tempted of Satan. They're not contradicting each other. They're complementing each other. His main attack came, I believe, after the 40th day or on the 40th day. But what Mark brings out is Satan was working day one, day two, day three. He was just waiting for his opportune moment to launch his all-out attack. Let's go to Luke chapter four. Oh, Father, please help the study of your word. Let us learn this. Keep us safe from the attacks of the devil. Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. There we go. Luke makes it very clear 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterward hungered, and the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone, that it may be, it may be made bread. Thank you. You may be seated. I find two facts from these passages in regards to temptation and our weakness. Fact number one. Then is when you're weak. If we can say then is after a victory, then is before your next step, we can certainly say after reading this, then is when you're weak. Get this, for 40 days, Satan slowly worked against Jesus for 40 days. Did you enjoy when Brother Cooper was here? Did you enjoy him? We need to have him back again, right? I'm not just ADHD, I'm I'm doing this for a purpose. Brother Cooper was here six weeks ago, 42 days ago. I want you to think of how much has taken place since Brother Cooper was here preaching and today. That is how long Satan slowly worked against Jesus. Some of our minds work differently, maybe we could say it this way, for over five weeks, Satan patiently conspired against Jesus. Over a month, a month and a week, Satan watched Jesus and worked against Jesus. How this one? 960 hours. My Bible says Satan was there, straight. 960 hours Satan Operated to soften Jesus' resolve. That was his objective. Let me soften his resolve. Let me diminish his defenses. For 40 days, he watched, he wished, he worked, and he waited for an opportune moment you know what we call it? A moment of weakness. Have we not said in our life, Lord, it was a moment of weakness. He waited 40 days to get to that moment. You know, most of Satan's trophies in temptation are the results of days, if not weeks, if not months, if not years of patiently waiting to bring somebody to one moment of weakness and then attack. And that's all he was doing with the Lord. He was watching. When and how can I get Jesus to the point where he is least likely to fight against my temptation? And I'll be patient until that time. The devil is as crafty as he is patient. He's as patient as he is crafty. He's fine with the long con. He's always seeking for whom he may devour, right? But much of that time that he is seeking is spent waiting for a moment. You know, a chain, you can have a chain of a hundred links. That chain is only as strong as its weakest link. You can have 364 days of strength. The devil only needs one day of weakness. You could have 20 opportunities to fall in sin and say no to all 20. He only needs one. And what he's going to do is he's going to patiently work you to the bone. He'll change up his tactic here and there, but his, he, he, might, he might know that you are not going to let him devour you. But you might let him just talk to you. You might let him do something just a little bit less dangerous, Instead of roaring, because he knows that will put you on the defensive, he'll purr. And he'll be kind. Just to let down your defenses enough to when he can strike. Potiphar's wife came with an all-out attack against Joseph to begin with. Lie with me. Anybody need an interpretation? Good. Lie with me. Joseph said, no. Well, that's not going to work. Worked on every other man she tried with. Didn't work with Joseph. It's not going to work. Read your Bible. It said daily. She came to him daily. He could say no a hundred times. She just needed him to say yes one time. Read your Bible. Here's her tactic. Tactic number one. Straight up, lie with me. No. She came back the next day. Here's what the Bible says. Joseph would not consent to lie by her. She changed up her tactic. Okay, you're not going to sleep with me. Why don't you just sleep next to me? You're not going to lie with me. Why don't you lie by me? He said no. Read your Bible daily. Joseph consented not to lie by her or be with her. Are you getting it? Yeah. Tactic number one lie with me. No. Tactic number two daily lie with me. No. Tactic number three just lie by me then. No. Tactic number four just be with me. Let's just talk. Let's just spend time. No. And at the very end, what does she do? She grabs him and says this, lie with me. Her tactic never changed. Her des- or her desire never changed. She wanted the same thing from the very beginning. And so often the devil, the devil might come to you and say, and he knows if he comes up to you and says, Smoke crack. You'd say, no. Okay, daily. I'm not going to give up. Daily. I'm looking straight at Bradley while I'm saying that. He's like, (laughs) what does preacher know? (laughs) Okay, you're not going to smoke crack. Vape. Are you getting it? Vape. Well, that's not so bad. So you start there. And then you go a little further. And then you go a little further. If, Potiphar, if Potiphar's wife could have gotten Joseph just to be with her, where would that have led? We're already talking. Why don't you just lie by me? Where would that have led? So often the devil is patient and he is happy to be patient to where he'll Back down and offer you what seems to be less sinful, knowing that if you consent, it will lead you to the very first thing that he's always wanted you to do. Because all he wants, all he needs, is one moment of weakness. I promise you two things when that moment of weakness arrives, and you better be prepared because we have lots of them, don't we? You know what I pray? I pray, Lord, when I have the ability, don't give me the willingness. And when I have the willingness, don't give me the ability. Lord, when the ice cream is there, don't put a spoon next to me. And when the spoon is there, let ice cream be nowhere to be found. But it's when you have a spoon in one hand and you have ice cream in the other. That, hey, promise number one, in that moment of weakness, Satan will be there. Satan will be there then. Do you know where I heard this illustration from? I heard this illustration of the ice cream in the spoon at a youth conference from a preacher who at that very moment, it came out three years later, was committing adultery. A lot of nerve to say that to teenagers while you're doing it yourself. What a horrible man. No. No. What a terrible devil who found him in one moment. As that chain is only as strong as its weakest link, you are only as strong as your weakest moment. And I promise you, at that weak moment, Satan will be there. Satan will find somebody who's usually clean in their vocabulary, but slowly, daily, Monday will be a long day at work, and then Tuesday will be a long day at work, and then Wednesday, you will get approached by the dumbest manager in your workplace. (laughs) And you will think, why in the world, first of all, do you have your job? Why don't I have your job? Why am I doing your job and you're getting all of the credit in the meetings? And then Thursday, you'll have a long day at work. And then Friday, you'll have a long day at work. And before you know it, the devil has taken somebody who's usually clean and usually kept and on Friday, they're cussing a blue streak at work because he was there at their moment of weakness. And you've ruined your testimony for a long time. The devil is a master at finding somebody who's usually faithful, but what he's gonna do is he's going to inject a little bit of division in your home between you and your spouse. And you're going to fight about it on Monday. And you're going to fight about it on Tuesday. And you're going to fight about it on Wednesday. And you're going to fight about it on Thursday. You're going to fight about it on Friday. And here's how your morning home at home looks. Your wife has no makeup on. Her hair is crazy. She's wearing... Something that looks like she, she jumped into a Goodwill basket and came out. Her breath stinks. There's parsley in her teeth from Wednesday's dinner. And you are arguing one with another. And you leave, sir. You leave home. And you walk into an office with women f- with, filled with women who are dressed to the nines, makeup on, who are very kind to you. And he will take somebody who's usually faithful to one comment from one little girl. And he's got you. You better be careful. He's a master at taking people who are usually happy, but He'll get into one of your friends and he'll get into people at church. And before you know it, 40 days later, four months later, whatever it is, you find yourself in the depths of loneliness. And somebody who never would have consented to a one-night stand four months ago is suddenly so desperate for companionship. He's got you. And he's been working since day one in order to do that. He's a master at taking somebody who's usually joyful. And that person would never think of drinking, never think of doing drugs, ever. But he's a master at being patient and bringing that usually joyful person just through the valleys of life to the depths of despair and the depths of depression. And before you know it, somebody who never would have done that is taking their first drink. Somebody who said no to alcohol for 30 years of their life, he got to say yes one time. I hope it's sinking in deep. None of us are above it. The moment you think you're above it is the moment it's going to come because you are never more weak than when you think you're the most strong. He's a master at taking someone who's pure, leading you through years of dating. Some of you guys are starting to date, that's wonderful. I, I, I think it's great that the church, you're all growing up and marrying each other, that's great. Where else are you gonna meet somebody? But y'all better be careful. He's a master at taking somebody who's pure, and he's going to lead you through years of dating, looking at you, looking at you, looking at you, lead you through years of dating. (laughs) He's talking about us. Yeah, yeah, you know why? Because this innocence that you have right now, this joy that you have in sitting next to each other, you better have a hymnal in between you. There you go. That was the rule at college. You had to have a hymnal in between you. Long ways. Long ways, hymnal. We we loved we loved whenever there was ice outside because there was a rule at college. You could escort, you could escort your lady in if there was ice outside. We would take cups of ice and throw it down. <laughs> it would it would get below 32 degrees and be you never know. You never know, do you? <laughs> There could there could be black ice anywhere. We better be safe. Like it's July. Just shut up. <laughs> you had to have a hymnal in between. Uh, people used to do people used to do this. They would take their Bible and they would put it in between. And they would say, Hey, hey, that's not six inches. I'm like, bro, we've got the entire we've got Genesis through Revelation between us. Chill, chill out. <laughs> See, that's the thing. You always push, right? We always push. So the the devil, the devil will take someone who's pure and innocent and just enjoying each other, and he'll slowly break you down to one moment where you lose your purity. And God forbid it doesn't work out. And now you've given a part of yourself to somebody that you can never get back. I am overjoyed to be able to say, the first lady I kissed, the first lady I loved, the first lady I had ever been with was my wife. Partly because no other lady would look at me. <laughs> no, it's because the Lord protected me. And now I'm able to say, you can be a man of one woman. But He's a master at taking someone who's usually pure. Usually. Usually doesn't matter. One time is all that it takes. And it's when you're weakest, then he's going to be there. He'll take someone who's usually peaceful. He'll get you frustrated with the world. And that way, he'll get you frustrated with the church. He'll take someone who's usually dedicated to God. He'll bring you through stressful days in life. And then he'll offer you that website. He'll offer you that companion. He'll offer you that sin, whatever. He'll take someone who's usually innocent and he'll bring division at home. And in that division at home, young people will run to drugs and run to alcohol just to try to escape from the mess that is their life. He'll take someone who's usually obedient, but he'll bring you through financial hardships and he'll get you not to tithe. And once you've robbed God God once, it's easy to rob him again. At the very moment of weakness, I promise you, Satan will be there. Promise number two, God will be there also. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And gentlemen, you don't think Joseph had the same red blood running through his veins when that woman caught him alone But he said no. And you can say no. He lost his coat. Joseph lost two coats, you know. The first coat he lost to his brothers. Second coat he lost to a flusie. But he kept his character, didn't he? And you can too. Because yes, Satan will be there. But God is there too. God is there too. Wherever devils are menacing against you, angels are there ministering to you. I promise you, God is there. After that long day at work and he comes with the temptation to cuss a blue streak, the Lord will say, why don't you pray instead? After the fight with the spouse and then the flirt comes at work, God will also be there and say, you better run. Better text your wife. You better tell her about that threat. Well, I'll have to quit my job. Good. Because what we're talking about is you quitting your job or another man raising your kids. Oh, I don't know. There's just this attraction, there's just this, this connection that, yeah, it's called lust. I could go through so many more. Happy people that the devil brings to the depths of loneliness and he tempts with a one-night stand, the Lord will be there and say, hey, you've got a church family. You've got a church family. You know, maybe if you showed up a little earlier to church and stayed a little after, you'd find that companionship that you're looking for. For sake of time, goodness, I must move on. Satan fights always, but he fights mostly when you are least likely to fight back. Then is when you're weak, that is fact number one. Fact number two, then is where you're weak. Do you find it a coincidence? 40 days, Satan waited and Jesus was hungry. What's his first temptation? Command these stones to be made bread. If thou be the son of God. Seems so innocent, just commanding stones to be made bread. No, it was a temptation to sin against the will of his father. It was when Jesus was weak. It was where Jesus was weak. What better way to tempt somebody who's hungry than to bring them food? What better way to tempt somebody who's lonely than to bring them companionship? Then is where you're weak. You can write this down. Satan tempts always, but especially when you're least likely to fight. Satan tempts everywhere, but especially where you're most likely to fail. Satan tempts always, but especially when you're least likely to fight. Satan tempts everywhere, but especially where you're most likely to fail. Let's make this easy. If drinking is your weakness, that's where he's going to tempt you. If drugs are your weakness, that's where he's going to tempt you. If immorality is your weakness, that is where he's going to tempt you. If unfaithfulness to church is your weakness, he will give you plenty of opportunities to miss church. How many of you you didn't you weren't always faithful to church? I was I was born in church, literally in every way than actually born in church. I was born at the hospital, but I was born in church. I've always been in church. How many of you had a time where you were not always faithful to church? And I want you to think back to that time. How much did you have to overcome in order to get faithful? And when you were trying to make those changes, there was always something, wasn't there? Something with the car, something with the family, something with the kids. I was sick, she was sick, everybody's sick. We're breathing on each other. We're just trying to get faithful to church and the devil ramped up the temptation because that's where you were weak. That's where he wanted to keep you weak. Now that you are faithful, The devil will still bother you in those areas every now and then, but for the most part, he knows, I'm not gonna get him there. I'm not gonna get him there. But you had to overcome so much in order to do that. Some of you used to struggle with drinking and you remember how difficult it was for you to quit. Every now and then you hear somebody, oh, I quit cold turkey. And you're like, what in the world does that mean? Some of you, smoking had you. That was your weakness and it was an addiction and it was difficult to get over. And the devil fought you on it. If tithing is your weakness, he'll give you plenty of areas and plenty of reasons not to tithe. If your mouth is your weakness, he will bring plenty of opportunities your way where you can just let that baby shine. That's when the person's going to cut you off. That's when the juicy story is going to come and you want to spread it. If your mouth is your weakness, that's where he's going to get you. If depression is your weakness, that's where he's going to attack you. If your spirit, your temper, your thoughts, your insecurity, your curiosity, if pornography, if it's emotionally, physically, mentally, financially, spiritually, if those are your weaknesses, that's where he's going to attack you. Why would he scale a wall to get to your heart if there's a part of the wall that's broken? Why would he break a window to get in if the door's open? He just wants to devour you. He'll do it in the easiest way possible. Now, he likes a trophy. He likes a trophy. But when he can just get in, he's just going to get in. That's what a good enemy does. My wife's, I almost said son-in-law. That's not right. D- D- Dylan, who's Dylan to you? Your nephew, that's what it is. Wow. I'm ashamed. Okay, was in wrestling for a while, got good at it. And he was going for state, I believe, at, at one point. State or like, uh, yeah, a full ride scholarship he was going for. And my sister in law is there recording the match. And after round one, you see this, this guy who ended up going on to win, I think, going on to win state. He noticed that Dylan, my nephew-in-law, was doing this with his arm. Round number one was this. But at some point in round number one, that opponent saw him saw him start to do this. Dylan had hurt his arm. Don't know exactly what happened. He had fallen on it wrong or something, but Dylan had hurt his arm. And you watch what that opponent did. He forced Dylan to land on that arm. He would take him down to that and force Dylan to land on it. And as soon as he would land on it, the opponent would chop at it. And Dylan would crumple to the ground. And he would go push himself up and chop at it. And he, he lost in a moment. As soon as the devil sees where you're weak, that's where he's going to attack. Then is when you're weak, then is where you're weak. So what do you do? What do you do when, you, when you're weak? First of all, you need to admit that you are weak in that area. Stop coming to the Lord as you wish you would be. Stop saying, Lord... I'm, I'm praying for more strength in this area. You crumple before your God and you say, Lord, I can't control my mouth. I can't control my feet. I can't control my eyes. I can't control my thoughts. I am weak as weak could be in this area. It's a sin. It's wrong. I want to do better but right now I'm failing and I'm failing and I'm failing he already knows that but you need to admit it step number one when you when you see a weakness admit that you are weak in that area step number two you need to protect that area with prayer lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil when is the last time you prayed that Lord you know we we have these we have these, Um, t-shirts that say not today Satan it should say Lord not today Mm -hmm. because Satan can't do anything without the Lord's approval and Jesus said when you pray you should pray lead us not into temptation I'm weak in that area please guard me from that Lord I've got the spoon constantly in my hand keep the ice cream away step number three Build up that weak area by saying no. If it is a wall that's broken down, every time you say no, you're adding a brick. No, brick. No, brick. And some of you have already admitted where the devil had you in unfaithfulness to church, you started saying no to him. No, I'm going to go. Nope, I'm going to go. I don't care that the car is broken down. We're taking the bus, we're going. I don't care that the kid's sick. Not all of us need to stay home and wipe his nose. We're going to church. Sometimes you need to stay home and be with the kids. I understand. We don't want to spread it to everybody. At one point I want to get a place where you can come to a sick room or a cry room or or whatever it is. It'll be white, it'll be sterile, and you can duct tape your kid to the wall and come to church. You said no. You said no. No, I'm going no, I'm going. I'm going to Sunday school. I'm going to Sunday morning. I'm going to Sunday night. I'm going to Wednesday night. And suddenly the devil's leaving you alone. Why? Because you've built it up. you built it up. Admit it's your weakness. Protect it with prayer. Build the wall by saying no. Number four, set a guard. Set a guard there. And what I mean by that is be accountable to somebody. Be accountable to somebody. You need to find somebody that you say, Brother Ben, I got a problem with my mouth. And whenever you hear me running it, I want you to shut me down. Do you understand me? Please, I'm weak in that area. I'm not strong enough to say no to myself. Will you be strong for me? And don't find another person who's weak in that area too. If I am struggling trying to get back from addiction to drugs, I'm not going to find another drug addict. I'm going to find somebody maybe who's beaten it before. I'm going to find somebody who hasn't struggled with that. I'm going to find somebody who's strong in that area. If I'm drowning, I'm not going to ask somebody who doesn't know how to swim to be my lifeguard. Find somebody who doesn't struggle in that area I have a a problem with being unfaithful to church. Don't find somebody else who's unfaithful because what are they going to do? Text you and say, hey, I didn't see you here today when they weren't there. (laughs) Find somebody who's always there and say, hey, when you don't see me, text me and ask me why. And if I give you some lame excuse, tell me that it's a lame excuse. Set a guard. Four steps that you can do. Set a guard. Admit that it's your weakness, pray about it, and say no. I'm done. Then is when you're weak, Satan fights always, but especially when you're least likely to fight back. Satan attacks everywhere, but especially where you are most likely to fail. So what does that mean for us? Well, if you know when He's coming and you know where He's coming, you can watch and you can strengthen those areas. But you know the problem with a message like this? It means absolutely nothing. It means absolutely nothing unless you, at this time right now, make a decision about it. It's been given to you, but now what are you gonna do? And if not one person walks out of this place with a new accountability partner about something, I've failed. Miserably, I have failed at portraying to you the importance of surviving the wilderness of temptation. Do you know how many pastors are cleaning toilets today? Because they were disqualified because of one moment of weakness. Do you know how many people, like I said this morning, are sitting in a pew in the depths of despair thinking that God could never use me again because of one moment of weakness? God can repair anything. He'd rather protect everything. It's better to build boys than mend men. It's better to build girls than mend ladies. It's better tonight to build a fence at the top of the cliff than a hospital at the bottom. I'm glad there's a hospital at the bottom, but I'd rather build a wall up here. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.